Welcome, welcome. Thanks for coming back to the Purposeful Marketing Podcast. Um, our team has grown a little bit. We wanted some more voices, some more dialogue. Um, we have Mary with us today, and I'm really excited for her to be here. But James and I want to revisit a topic, and we're going to do it again, and it's personal branding. And the reason being is Mary's an expert on it. James, you have an interesting take on it, which I love. And I'm kind of just here. <laughs> and I'll give you my thoughts. I'm gladly share those. So before we even start, I really think it would be best for each of us to kind of just talk about our own journey with personal branding, our own thoughts about it. I'm going to kick it off to Mary first and James, I want to hear yours. Yeah. So as far as like getting started um, or how I felt about it in the beginning, I attended a keynote series by Chris Walker from Refine Labs and he was just the topic was LinkedIn. And he said, you all should be posting on LinkedIn every single day. And I was like, whoa. I was like a newly minted corporate marketing specialist for a decently sized company. And I was like, I don't know what to post about. Like, I don't know anything. Like, this guy's an expert. Like, who would care what I have to say? So, you know, being the bold person that I am, I typed in the chat, hey, Chris, what if you're new and you don't feel like you have anything valuable to give to a community like LinkedIn? And he was, you know, went through his spiel and then said, you know what, this is a great question. A bunch of people like upvoted it. And he was like, just post every single day something that you're doing or something that you're learning. That's it. And I was like, cool. So within a couple of days, I did that. A couple of his other tips were grow your network and comment on other people's posts. So I did that. Um, <laughs> as a corporate marketing specialist, if anybody here is an industrial you do have some responsibilities, but you also have a decent amount of free time. So I used that to comment, grow my network and post. And here we are today. I've been posting on LinkedIn at least three times a week since July of 2021. Um, I've recently turned on creator mode in LinkedIn. And I think my followers are up like, you know, 10X or something like that. I don't know, I'd have to go check. No, thanks for sharing, Mary. And I, you know, I know your view count, I know your follower account, and kind of what I love is I know the journey you took to get there. And I think when James and I were originally talking about this, you know, we're not personal branding experts by any means, but we just had some thoughts about it. And I don't know if James, you want to segue into that because one of the themes of this podcast is really the why. Why do we do these things? Um, why does it matter? You know for the everyday practitioner, like, can they even achieve these things and why should they do it? James, you have just any, any takes, any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, I don't use, so like one for one thing, like there's personal branding and there's personal branding on LinkedIn specifically. Like there's, that's, that's a very specific type of personal branding that, um, there's a number of reasons why I don't do it. Um, one is just that I don't want to mix up channel that I use for personal stuff with work stuff, just as a personal rule of thumb. Um, but like, it's an interesting case where I do a lot of different types of work and I use LinkedIn to communicate, say when I'm freelancing, um, food writing. And I am usually someone that someone has never heard of when I can contact them on LinkedIn and I, I don't, I don't like the idea of contacting a chef 
and saying, this is my name. This is who I'm working for. I'd love to talk to you about X. And they click on my profile and I'm talking about marketing for B2B companies. Um, that is not necessarily, that would not necessarily be good. I don't think. Um, so that's like one reason, but I think a lot of our previous conversation kind of waded into the waters of like, this seems to be like the next frontier for companies that want to do marketing, get your whole team out there, get them producing stuff that's meaningful for the audience and just grow your community of followers that way. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why it's good. And there's a lot of reasons why I think that the individual practitioners should be very cautious, especially if they're being encouraged to do this by their employer. Yeah, I appreciate that take, James, because it's different. I, I don't hear others um, discuss it in that way. It just leads me to the idea we discussed and deconstructed last time, which is decentralized content. And like, whose responsibility is this? Is it the companies? Is it the employees? You know, I think in a nutshell, it's just like, we're like, we like to write stuff. So we're going to put it out there. But I think one of the ideas that James, you and I were really discussing is like, well, now it's an extra task for you to do. Like now you're actually kind of being responsible for producing content for the company that customers are going to consume. That's going to get them in in the funnel and hopefully they're going to close a deal. So it's like, you're in it, right? Now it is your responsibility to have a personal brand. I'm not sure that's good or bad. I don't know. Any thoughts on that, Mary or James? Yeah, as far as doing it on company time, that's a really interesting point. So when I started posting on LinkedIn, my company had a much older marketing philosophy. So did a lot of like trade shows and publications and stuff like that. Um, so when I started posting on LinkedIn, most of it was encouraged. Some of it I got in trouble for, um, which is fine. I would just take it down. It was no big deal. Um, but I mean, at the same time, within six weeks of me posting, Gorilla had reached out and said, hey, I know you're not open. You're not Your profile's not open to work necessarily, but I'd love to talk to you about this open marketing strategist position that we have. So like, for me, there's like, it's like twofold. A, it was career changing for me. I literally got a job that I love with a company I had been following and I enjoyed the content they were producing. I liked their values. So, I mean, that was one positive. And then the second positive is, you know, I'm not necessarily putting out content that Gorilla approves or like makes me do or in, not even like really encourages us to do. Um, and that has helped me build a community of other marketing specialists. Like my main goal when I post is what could I have learned five years ago when I first started a marketing career? What do I wish I would have known about this like crazy field of marketing that is just so broad and intricate? Um, so I just talked to former Mary in all of my posts. I love that. That's that's very lyrical. And I think it's somewhat the essence of why we want to do this podcast is we're having these conversations every single day over coffee, Slack, Zoom, doesn't matter. It's like we just want to share them with people because our past selves would love it. And hopefully the future us will love it, too. Um, James, I do want to kick it to you again, because I think 
the original question of like, do you have to be a content creator? Is it our responsibility? Like if you're going to be in marketing, is this your only option? Because I think a lot of companies are going to unintentionally push it, right? Like if you come to us, you're going to create content. Do you have any thoughts on that, James? Um, I guess, I mean, I want to say, no, you do not have to create content. Um, and you also don't have to be in marketing. Your skills are very transferable. Um, but I, I would say that uh, there are plenty of roles and skill sets that are valuable for a marketing organization that are not the skill sets that make you a good LinkedIn poster necessarily. You know, like there's, there's a role for a lot of types of people in pretty much every mature organization um, in any industry. So no, it's not something I would say if you want to be in marketing that you should be able to do, but I do get the feeling that if you're going to be a generalist at a company and you're just coming in and you're like one of the lower people on the totem pole, um, you're going to be asked to do it. I think that you're going to be asked to do it. Like it is going to be one of your responsibilities. And that's the exact type of thing that I'm like, that I don't think is necessarily bad. But if you're that generalist, you need to be able to ask yourself, why am I doing this? You need to be able to ask your leader, why am I doing this? What is the goal? And that sure as hell better align with a personal goal that you have, because this is your personal account. And like I, Aaron's heard me say this all the time, you're never more disposable than at work. You are never more replaceable than by your employer. You will never, you, there's your kids need you more than your employer does. Your friends need you more than your employer does. It's you, you can't take that step lightly. If you don't think that the values of your company align with your values and that what they want you to do is something that you actually want to do. It's just not worth it in my personal opinion. Yeah. And I think there's some truth to that. And as you start this journey of personal branding, um, put that in the back of your mind. I would generally say, I would encourage people to write. And if you just want to be a better human being, if I can say that on this pod, writing is going to help you get there. And I think, um, doing that through personal branding is a great application to get better at writing, connecting with others and getting better at your craft back to the company. Cause we're really talking about the individual. Is there actually a marketing strategy of like why companies should promote personal branding and why they should encourage it? I don't know if Mary, you want to take that as a strategist. Yeah. The only time from a strategy perspective that I would recommend a company would start posting on LinkedIn from a personal page. It has to come from the leadership team. They have to be C-level. They have to be a founder. They have to be a chief marketing officer. If you operate on a presidential level, it has to be a VP, a president. Like that's just flat out what it's, I mean, hate to say it, but that's the only way you're going to be successful. Um, to your point, Aaron, like, and to James's, like you're never more disposable than 
not only when you're at work, but then when you're not a leadership member, like they can get rid of you and replace you extremely quickly and they're happy to do so. So you posting is not, it's just, it's a drop in the water. Now a VP or a CEO posting, they're speaking for the company. They are a megaphone for that company on, on social media. So from a strategy perspective, you're actually leaving money and opportunity on the table if you are a CEO, VP, or president and are not posting regularly on LinkedIn or at least engaging with a community. Yeah, I think, you know, pick up um, the idea of like growth levers and figuring out how you can grow as a company. It's not going to take one individual to help you scale this. What it's going to take is individuals at the top, and then you're going to have to build that, stack that, and scale it. Um, I think, again, to the point of, should you do personal branding? Yeah. Um, will your impact at your own company be great if others don't? Probably not. So I think you should first do it for you, um, as things we've mentioned before, is getting better at your craft, being a better writer, putting your expertise out in the world. But now if your company, you should really think about that piece that Mary's talking about is we're actually going to grow. We, we need many pieces moving at the same direction. And it hopefully comes from the top first down the bottom. Um, James, you have any comments on that? Just like writing in general, um, does it help when you had that thought leadership be part of um, articulating and communicating and disseminating content? I think as a practitioner, it's not necessarily helpful, like for, for the craft of say, producing a LinkedIn post, it's not necessarily helpful to have like the bank of here's what everyone in my company is saying, because again, it's kind of like, you have to be doing this for you. It has, you have to be doing it for you. Um, and your company has to understand the way that that benefits them. It, and they, your company hired you. Your company believes in your abilities and your values and your intellect. So they should be all about you being yourself on social media. Um, it should, they should only hire you if they think you're going to reflect positively on the company as a whole. Um, I, I think, um, I don't think that every person needs to carve out their own space on social media to be providing value. But I do think there's an amount that like, my worry is it kind of communicates my worry about where all of this is going. And that's that you get on LinkedIn and you cannot do anything, but direct use it to direct message people because the actual feed itself is a swamp of say you follow one person at one company, you now follow every single person at that company and they all talk about the same things. Um, and it, I have a feeling that the platform is going to make people that do personal branding in an inauthentic way, basically like the new version of people who cold call or the people who use mm -hmm. InMail to reach out to people. There's it's the, people that are inauthentically using LinkedIn to post and reach followers will just look like that. I think it's already starting to happen. If, or for me personally, as a user who uses it as a messaging tool 
um, but enjoys scrolling through the feed and seeing what people say, seeing which of my friends are getting promoted. Like that's super fun. Um, my brother's in sales, like for a hockey, for an NHL team. So like there's some cool posts, um, that I kind of joke with him on. And I wonder if the, the people at his work just think he has just this total jackass brother who kind of like steps in and interrupts LinkedIn. Um, but yeah, I think I, I don't, I think I rambled there. I don't know. I don't remember what the question was, but I'm sure I attempted to answer it. I, you, you threw me something <laughs> and I'm going to dig into it. Um, the whole idea, getting back to the why, a great why is authenticity is your answer. You know, it's like, if you want to sell, be authentic. Um, I would totally agree that right now, personal branding is getting saturated. And that's so funny how things in marketing move so quickly. And I think James, when I, you and I first had this conversation, I maybe wouldn't have said that. When Mary and I were starting to do this about a year, two years ago, I wouldn't have said that either. But now you see all these templated posts I've seen before. You're seeing people copy each other. And I think the answer to that is so simple. We don't even have to discuss it. It's just like, be authentic. It's like, don't do that. Authenticity rules. Um, it's going to help me dive into the next topic that I want to throw at all of us here is, um, do we have one example of where personal branding went wrong and one example where personal branding went right? And I can start unless Mary or James, you want to pick it up. No, go for it. You, you should yours. start. Yeah. Okay. So I'll do the wrong first. So, you know, again, as a writer, part of the process is putting stuff out there and getting feedback. Now, that being said, make sure it's stuff that's clear, articulate, makes sense. You know, there's been one or two posts where I really rushed it and was leaning on, oh, I'll just get feedback, you know, and, and I got some hard feedback of like, this doesn't make any sense. So I think with personal branding, you hear a lot of people discussing, like, you should post every single day. I think that's good, solid advice. I think you should write every single day and not necessarily post every single day. Start working on making these kind of more um, authentic posts that provide value. And maybe that doesn't happen every day. Maybe that happens every other day. Maybe it happens once a week. Um, don't get discouraged if you're like, man, I'm not posting every single day. As long as you're spending time with the practice, I think that's going to move you forward. So I think when it goes right, I'll mention a post that I did, you know, a couple weeks ago where, you know, I was talking about what I learned in therapy. That's authenticity. <laughs> you know, I was just sharing the things that I had gone through. And I think that's probably my best post with over, you know, 30K views. Um, which is a lot for me. I don't know for you, Mary. It's probably every day for you. Um, and it, again, not only is it, I think, impactful for people, but it just made me feel good when you do it right, when you add authenticity to it, when you do personal branding for you. I think if that's the space you can be in, um, I would encourage you to do personal branding. Mary, you got any examples? Yes. Um, times when I've seen it go wrong is very similar to yours where I've either rushed it or I'm being like a little bit too high level. So I'm taking a concept and just being too generic. I think what LinkedIn lacks and what James was talking about with it being saturated with poor, poor personal brands is like people are just putting out fluffy content, right? This is stuff I could get on Twitter or TikTok. Like I don't need to come on LinkedIn and hear that like my voice matters. Okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> like, um, what people go on LinkedIn for and what I've, I've found the most value from is like tactical advice. 
So this is how I approach a Google ads campaign. This is how I approach positioning step-by-step. This is how I've seen it work. You know, real examples, tactical advice. If you're just getting started, that's like, that's a perfect way to start. When I was in my corporate marketing space and just getting started posting on LinkedIn, I was doing a lot of email marketing. So I was just posting on everything I was learning. We were getting really poor open rates, really poor click rates. So I was just posting on what I was doing to improve those metrics and, you know, people liked it. It was cool. Great example. James Gatney. Um, I don't have any personal examples because I don't perform via activity. Um, I mean, I could probably think of like a bunch of instances that in, from my vantage point were when it goes wrong, but I don't know, I don't get to see like, what's the result of this action as like a bystander. And it'd be really for, easy for me as a third party to be like, you know, bashing on some, how someone else uses LinkedIn when I won't even, you know, open the computer and do it. So like, I, I wouldn't want to do that. Um, and I don't even know, I don't know if this is cool, but I do know a guy who, in my opinion, he is my, it's going to feel weird to say this because I knew him in college. We weren't like great friends, but we had classes together and we lived in the same dorm. And he is, in my opinion, the best LinkedIn content creator that exists. And he's a basketball coach. He worked and he was working for a college, I think, as like an assistant coach. And he'll post like breakdowns of plays that he sees, like when he's scouting. And he'll post, and he was doing this thing where he was like shooting free throws every day. He shot a hundred free throws and he'd just post his progress every day. And I was like, this is the absolute best content on LinkedIn by far. I am like, that's like literally when I was trying to figure out. I got a LinkedIn because I deleted Facebook and I was like, I need to be able to message people. Um, I need people to like, basically if someone Googles me, there's like a guy in Edwardsville with my name who like, I don't want people to think that that's me <laughs> when I apply for a job. Um, so I got a LinkedIn and like, literally this guy, this kid is like, was like the thing that convinced me to actually look at the feed in LinkedIn because it was actually entertaining. And I got a ton of value out of it. It was for a while, it was the only stuff on LinkedIn that I would interact with or like react to. So if you looked at my activity, it would just be like this kid's feed. Um, every like three weeks, I would like one of his, one of his videos or something. Um, yeah. Shout out to Lucas Shapiro, I guess. I, I don't know how I feel about, um, I guess, saying his name or using it, but um, that can always be edited. But yeah, that is the, for me that's like the pinnacle. It's like you immediately know about this person. This person is communicating what they're interested in, in a way that you have not seen before. You certainly have not seen on the platform. I know his mo he does it on TikTok too, I think. And he went like definitely viral like two weeks ago with a post like basically like that. It's just like, okay, like people clearly are not doing this. Um, and it's clearly what people are super interested in. Um, that would be yeah. the success story, I would say. I think there is like a hunger for 
deep subject matter expertise. And I think that's exactly what you're saying. James is like, this guy is breaking down basketball plays in no way, except someone who's very well versed in basketball could do. He is posting free throw progress because he does it and he wants to show you I'm practicing what I'm preaching. Right. And I think that's the most successful content on LinkedIn too. I think like I can think of two examples, not just like I'll do LinkedIn and then like a real life. So James, your thing reminded me of like when Tony Romo started um, uh, telecasting. Broad, he was like the play by play or color, color commentary. <laughs> yeah. When he started doing that, like people freaking loved it. Cause he's like, he knows exactly what he's talking about. He was predicting plays. It was like this deep subject matter expert who's suddenly commenting on football. It was fantastic. And then the other one I can think of, and this is one that you turned me on to, Aaron, was, um, I don't remember his name, but he does the unsolicited SEO tips on LinkedIn. They're fantastic because he's like, he practices what he preaches and he does the same things every day. Like that guy's an expert. He's awesome. Yeah. And I think there's another idea within here is deep expertise is great. But also deep expertise on your hobbies is great too. Cause I think LinkedIn's hungry for that as we all start to hang out there essentially. Um, and as the future comes, maybe it's Discord, maybe it's LinkedIn, maybe it's Reddit, it's all these other spaces. But I think clearly LinkedIn is a space where people want to hang out. So there's that expectation of, yeah, I want marketing content because we're all marketers, but if you have coffee content, I'll take it. If you have, um, information on free throw shooting. Great. I play pickup every once in a while. I'm going to need that. Um, I think there's a hunger for that as well. So to kind of close out, I think if we can all kind of speak to like one, if you want to get started today, like what's the number one tip you would give someone. And then two, like if you think you're going to face an obstacle of doing this at work, can we offer any advice for that? Um, I can go first. It seems Mary looks like she's yeah, frozen. Definitely. Um, I think like, again, the starting point should be, why do, why do I want to do this? What is my goal here? Um, what do I think I'm going to enjoy about this? How do I think this is going to make me better? How do I think this is going to advance my career? Um, how do I want to get there? Um, and if you think that this is something on the horizon for you based on, you know, maybe you're kind of, you can kind of feel things like that. And a lot of companies, it's like, these things take time. You know, you see the, you see the wave before the tsunami kind of thing. Like you, you know, it's coming. Um, I think my advice would be make sure, make sure that your company knows like just educate your company on you're not going to get any value out of me unless you let me communicate on my terms. Um, I mean, you could even show like plenty of examples of people who very clearly are being asked to post on LinkedIn and it couldn't be more obvious. And they are linking to the website. They use maybe even use the company's tagline and just remind your company that People don't like that and remind yourself that, you know, your company is not hiring you for your personal network, nor should they be able to. And if they can hire you for, 
for your personal network, then they can hire you and then use your network and get rid of you. And that's just not the type of employment situation you want to be in. Um, so that's another thing. I wouldn't want to feel like I'm subjecting my network to my company's advertising and that have been a part of how I got hired. Um, like I wouldn't want to think to go back to my friends on LinkedIn and be like, Hey, thanks for like connecting with me on LinkedIn because this company really loved that I have 4,500 connections because they're all about making me post on LinkedIn about the company. I mean, that those would be my watch outs. Just remember that you shouldn't be doing it if it's not for you. Mm -hmm. Mary, yeah, I think? agree with what James said. Start with your why. Are you sure you want to do this? It's, it's time consuming. Um, I spend probably, if I'm going to post or if I'm going to interact, I probably spend an hour a day on LinkedIn. Um, so knowing that you're, no, you're committed, first thing you got to do is grow your network. So you got to get over the 500 mark to start connecting with like titles. So Facebook or uh, Facebook, um, LinkedIn will give you suggestions based on the title you have now. Just start connecting. You don't have to worry about whether you know them or not. That's the great thing about LinkedIn. They really encourage networks where you don't necessarily know everyone. And then I would comment on anywhere from four to 10 posts a day. So start there. Once you get over the hump of the 500, then you can start posting. That would be my advice. I think that's great advice. And I will tell everyone it works. <laughs> if you can just see Mary's progress, it absolutely works. So follow that tactically. I'll give you more of the, you know, I just think if you want to write, do it. And this is a great place to get in front of people and experience that. And as we all work from home, you're just not around others, right? So go put your personality out there. You know, people like to engage with that. I think if you're facing obstacles, one writing recommendation I'd give is don't lead with commandments. In your post, don't say do, don't, you, that. Talk about observations, right? <laughs> if your company has some resistance to you doing this and all you're talking about is just observations you see or learnings you see, you know, I think that's a much easier conversation than you're telling a market what to do or, and what not to do. <laughs> I think that's what leads people into um, that roadblock of where they can't get to continue to do personal branding at their company. So lovely discussion. Something I've, we didn't talk I about actually great. that I was going to Go, put in an ad. Like, I hope that people who whose posts become like places for other people to show their expertise by like not like a tear down of someone's post but like you know there's obviously going to be dis dissenting viewpoints on linkedin and there's like this thing that i notice where it's like it probably feels really big to go onto someone else's post and comment and like kind of dig it D just a little, just a little to dig at it. And especially you bring your network over when you do that. And it's like, that is a little gross. Like the, the way that that looks sometimes, I, I hope that people that are just starting to try and do this aren't discouraged by that happening mm -hmm. and are able to look at that and say, okay, that's just, we'll call it some feedback and like have some empathy for the person on the other side of the other screen and understand like, okay, they're doing this for pretty much the same reason I am. It's water under the bridge. Like we're over it. Like 
I have a feeling that some people get really discouraged by maybe more popular people on LinkedIn kind of digging at their stuff. I don't like seeing that. Yeah. You know, the thing is Mary's like digging at everyone <laughs> on LinkedIn and just, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I think that's great advice, James, and the great thought. And I think that's almost another topic I would love to um, explore one time is like, how to handle disagreements. I think in our career, that's like, it can be every single day. Um, so again, personal branding, I would say do it, try it out. DM Mary, ask her how to do it tactically and she'll tell you. Um, DM James, if you have more philosophical questions <laughs> on why you should do it, I'm glad he'll, he'll offer that to you. But thanks for listening um, to Marketing with a Purpose for the Everyday Practitioner. Purpose, purposeful Marketing Podcasts. I don't think I've ever said this. One day this is going to be live and it's going to be available on all podcast feeds. So look out for it. Give us some feedback. Drop us a line. Um, be friendly. Peace. Have a good one, everyone. Bye, guys.